Welcome to the Apostolic Bible Study Podcast. This is episode five, and today I'm excited to talk about salvation and to talk about our Savior. So let's pray and let's get into it. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that we would see you so clearly through your word. As we read these passages of your great work, And the great gospel which you accomplished on this earth, I pray, Lord, that you'd lead us ever closer to you. I pray that everyone listening to this, if they haven't obeyed the gospel, that they would come to know you in a more true way, that they would repent of their sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and that they'd be infilled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So last episode, we laid out the problem. And really, the first four episodes have been building us up to this. We understand from episode one who God is. Episode two, we talk about who we as mankind are and our dilemma as sinful creatures. Episode three, we spend some time learning about what the Word of God is, which is essential for all of this to exist. We've got to understand our foundation in the Scriptures. And then episode four, we took special time to bring attention to what sin is. And now that we have seen what our condition is, it's time to talk about salvation. So to summarize the key points, one, God exists and he is holy. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfectly just. And he hates Sin. And so, therefore, point number two sin deserves punishment. We learn from the scriptures that it deserves death, and that it deserves even beyond death the second death, which is an eternity apart from the mercy of God in hell. Point number three we learn that all men have sinned, it's universal, and so all men. You and I both, all people, we all deserve punishment. And then beyond that, we learn that we need a substitute to bear the punishment for us. That's what we're going to talk about today. I plan to read Isaiah 53 in its entirety, and we're going to see firsthand how Jesus was our substitute, how he stood in our place. We're going to see how God himself, the Holy One, the one who existed before all eternity, this one true God, came down himself to be our substitute. So let's begin Typically for these, I know I've been kind of jumping around in previous episodes and we go through a ton of scripture from different areas of the Bible. Today, we may reference some other scriptures, but we're going to be focused on Isaiah 53. So beginning at verse 1. This is, by the way, let me give a quick introduction. This is a prophecy from the Old Testament written hundreds of years before the life of Jesus, but describes in a way unlike any other passage, how beautiful the incarnation is. 
and how powerful the work of Calvary is. So let's begin. Verse 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, meaning Jesus, shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now think about this. The God of all eternity, worshipped by angelic beings in heaven, comes to earth. And when he comes, he chooses not to come with a royal robe. He chooses not to come with physical beauty. He comes as a lowly carpenter's son. As one who, according to Isaiah, wasn't even attractive. There was no beauty that we should desire him. It's so easy for us to look at some of the paintings of Jesus that we see in our, in our modern world, which make him look like a, you know, look like Fabio or some, you know, shampoo model. That's not what he looked like. There was no beauty that we should desire him. When Jesus came to earth, he, he, well, he's described in verse 3. We're about to read it. It's unbelievable. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Man of sorrows. What a name for the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. The fact that Jesus, when he came, was described as the man of sorrows. That he was rejected. John tells us that he came into his own as his own, received him not. But to as many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of of God. Verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. You see there this substitution. This work where through Calvary, through the cross, Jesus bears the punishment that we deserve. You know, when God described himself to Moses and the saints in the Old Testament, one of the things that he said, he said that he was plenteous in mercy, but... You can find this in Exodus after Moses asks God, hey, show me your glory. And God obviously gives him a tiny little taste, but can't do anything like the full glory of God because that would kill Moses. But in any case, one of the things that God says there, he says that he will by no means pardon the guilty. It's listed out. 
among his attributes in those passages that he will by no means pardon the guilty. So how does he forgive us? He doesn't look the other way from our sin. He doesn't just wash his hands of it. He doesn't just, like a doting grandfather, just turn a blind eye to our sin and to our faults. He does something far more precious. He takes our faults. He takes our sin. He takes our judgment and places it on himself in the person of Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Remember that sin is universal. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You read in the Gospels the account of the crucifixion and the stripes that Jesus bore upon his back as he was whipped, the severe beatings that he went through, the unthinkable pain. But with every single lash that he took, with every single drop of blood that he shed, He was taking our iniquity upon himself. What a savior. Verse seven, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. So you see this passage continuing to reiterate that this was for our sins that he endured this. It was for our sins that he endured this. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pre pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Wait a second. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We just read a verse before that he was cut off from the living and that he made his grave with the wicked. And now all of a sudden it's saying he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Now I don't know about you, but if someone were to put me in the grave, I wouldn't be seeing a whole lot. And yet we see here that Jesus, after he is put in the grave, he later will be able to see his seed. 
and prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall be in his hand. What could this mean? Well, this is a direct prophecy of the resurrection. That when Jesus was crucified, when he was placed in the grave, that he didn't stay there. That the tomb is empty. That on the third day, our Savior rose again with all authority in heaven and earth given to him. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Again, the passage continues to give us this knowledge that Jesus will bear our sins, that he has borne our sins. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So we see here the three key points that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again. I'm going to pull it up here just so you don't just have to hear it from me. You can hear it from Paul himself. 1 Corinthians 15. When we talk about the gospel and what the gospel is, it has a clear definition. And it's this. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, According to the scriptures. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we just read about here in Isaiah 53, the same thing is reiterated with Paul. And so when we talk about the gospel, we know what the gospel means is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, for the next few episodes, we're going to talk about repentance specifically. We're going to talk about baptism in Jesus' name specifically. We're going to talk about the infilling of the Holy Ghost specifically. But for the meantime, just know this. The way that we identify with every single point in the gospel is by participating in it through what Peter and what the apostles preached. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he said to them in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is how we identify with the death of Jesus Christ. Baptism is how we identify with the burial of Jesus Christ. 
And the infilling of the Holy Ghost is how we identify with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we will flesh all of that out in more detail. But rest assured that the death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. And the way that we identify with that is through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So again, more to come on that. But till then, I pray that you be blessed and that you have a great night. If you have any questions on this or anything else that I've talked about so far on the podcast, please feel free to email me at apostolicbiblestudypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all and have a great evening.